The following podcast contains adult language, mature content, and controversial conversations. So if you're not ready to talk about motherfuckers, murder, and the devil, then this probably isn't the right podcast for you. Listener discretion is advised. Why, why is the title of this recording, I Like Butt Sex? Well, why is that the title? Well, let's be correct. The title of the recording is not I Like Butt Sex. The title of the recording is You, David Haddad, <laughs> Like Butt Sex. It, it, actually, it actually does not say David Haddad likes butt sex. It says Miguel likes butt sex. Which is David Haddad's uh, pin name, Miguel. <laughs> Um, what the but there's no, there's no judgment in that whether you're giving or receiving butt sex you know I just think it's a weird I think it's a weird title for the the recording for today's podcast I, I think it really flows in nicely to whatever our topic is which I don't know because you know but I don't um but speaking of which welcome to Ray's occult books Ray's not in right now but working the counter you have myself Keith Brooks and the door dasher of dancing destruction David Haddad. David, how are you doing? I'm doing great today. Everyone out there in podcast land, you look fabulous today, and we appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, we most definitely do. You look so nice, like with your beard and your microphone sort of blend in together. Um, I use my microphone to hide my fucking face. Like, that's what I do. <laughs> like, it just, I put it right in front of my face so that I don't have to look at myself. Um, do you feel this level well it's a podcast so people don't really nobody else has to look at you so it's just it's vocal stuff like but i enjoy looking at you but do you feel like a level of professionalism having the microphone there because i feel like it makes me it puts me in a mindset of like oh i gotta be all on point now and fancy because i have this mic stand and all that shit so it makes me have to do you know, you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah yeah no totally i feel i feel like whenever i have the microphone like this close to my face I, I have to pay attention to what exactly is going on and yeah. that I'm a professional like like this is this is job time for me uh, yeah. as opposed to like if, if I was just wearing like a like a headset or something like that I feel like you know I could be playing Call of Duty right now you know uh, just fuck it do you play, play Call of Duty no I don't play any video games <laughs> but I also feel um my voice instantly becomes a little bit wider if I have this thing in front of me, you know, I yeah. think I probably already have a naturally kind of white voice, but whatever. Also, let's not ignore the fact uh, audience members at home. You can't see this, but David Dodd has got a bunch of workout equipment in the corner because he's getting super buff and shit like that. I'm not working out at all. I feel like I, I, I see I feel... it in the corner right behind you. What are you talking? Uh, what are you talking about? I have one kettlebell. And that's the only thing that's in this room. Like, I work out with it sometimes. And, like, um, a board and, like, a pillow. I don't know what insane sort of CrossFit <laughs> shit you're doing. No, it's just I have a back roller uh, because sometimes sometimes I need to treat myself. And I've got a fucking uh, kettlebell. And I use that to uh, to also kind of, like, stretch sometimes. Um, but I'm not, really, I'm not really flinging that about. It's not really, it's, it's not really a thing that I'm doing too much of right now um but yeah man i was guess i, I guess it was, we we're gonna talk about psychic vampires today because our last podcast we were talking about vampires and you did something that was very re thoughtful very re well researched 
Uh, and this morning, I went on Wikipedia and I looked up fucking psychic vampires, and I couldn't find shit. I couldn't find anything good. So uh, I'm just we're just gonna bullshit for thirty minutes about uh, psychic vampirism, psychic vampires, what you feel like that term means. <laughs> What I feel like that term means, and what our experiences are with uh, people who may or may not be psychic vampires in our lives. That's great. So, That's yeah. awesome. And, and yeah. here's the thing for the people that don't know at home: uh, we don't like we we might tell each other what the thing is, but we don't really have a discussion. So it's just like show up, and this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's a complete surprise. If you like, couldn't tell from listening to the thing, so. Um, so yeah, so that's so. Talk to me about psychic vampires. What what that phrase means to you? What, what it is? All oh, that. so um, I mean, so the uh, the term psychic vampire was uh, was coined by Anton Lavey in uh, the Satanic Bible, and uh, uh, when Lavey was using it, he was using it to refer to people that were emotionally or uh, or spiritually weak. Uh, and it's really weird to think of something that was. Uh, that was that was mentioned in the site like uh, the the satanic bible being a parlance that it sort of found its way into like modern conversations with people i mean it's on like mainstream tv shows but there i feel like there's always been this idea that there are just some people in our lives that take a little bit more from us whenever we interact with them do you know what i mean yeah um so and i mean dion fortune she talks about it in uh in her her book uh psychic self-defense but she calls them uh, what does she call them? She calls them uh, energy parasites. So they're just these people that that have this this tendency to you know uh, come into your life or interact with you, and then afterwards you just you just have a little bit less energy. And I mean, like a lot of times, like like I don't know what are what are like, do you have anyone in your life that you interact with where where that's that's the case. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we all do to some sort of degree. I think it's one of those things that's hard to put your finger on. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I I think, you know, there's always going to be that person that you you feel obligated to hang out with. And the reason you feel obligated is because you feel in the relationship they bring nothing new to the discussion or to the table. And it just leaves you drained. It leaves you um, frustrated, whatever. I think that's the rudimentary level of a psychic vampire energy parasite. I also want to go back to sort of your comment about Anton LaVey. And it's interesting that anything from his work found its way into, you know, the mainstream zeitgeist. I think him and Aleister Crowley, both more than probably any other um, occultist have shaped our modern centuries more than we give them credit for. Not necessarily by the work of, of like theism or anything like that, but just the panache with which they approach things. It's yeah, totally. What we think of as the satanic rituals, we think of Anton LaVey. We think yeah. of Alistair Crowley. Um, and so they, they, they do have these images and these shadows that lurk large over the 20th and 21st century. Um, so, and, and, and you know... For all the weirdness and, and whatever you want to say about them, power bottoming and all that stuff, which I'm sure you'll have a whole section to discuss. Thanks for but, that. Yeah. Uh, uh, th I think the psychic vampire thing is a very astute observation. Um, an energy parasite is just a, a different way to say it because you didn't want to write vampire down. You just That's to fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I, I, I certainly <laughs> think that, um, yeah, that, that LeVay um, and, and Crowley 
yeah, they you could just see their 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 fingerprint over like so much so much media and the way we 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 look at the at the world. Um and yeah, so I I guess I I don't know, man. I feel like now I'm going to posit that like to a certain extent I think that everyone kind of goes through these like this this like this phase of like psychic vampirism. Like you have a relationship in your life where you are the person who like goes and like needs to sort of energetically recharge with a person and that and that relationship isn't necessarily like like I don't know if it like to say it would be unhealthy, but you all like, I guess like there, you have people that you go to when you need energy and when you, when you interact with them, you, I guess like you get that, that energy. And this could be like, say friends and, you know, close friends, loved one, but it's just, you know, that the, like the idea that like, just kind of being aware of the way you interact with other people and, and the, and, and the way you I guess, like get energy from, uh, from other people. Um, yeah. And, and I would, I would posit since we're just going to be positing things that, we all do the psychic vampirism things in strange ways as well. Like even you, my profession is I'm a performer, I'm an actor and I spent most of that time. Well, now it's probably even with film and stage, but uh, I spent a lot of that time on stage and that is the single most psychic vampire thing I can think of because whatever energy the audience is giving me while I'm on stage, I'm trying to feed off of it and give it right back to them. Right. And that sort of symbiotic relationship feels like I'm like I'm literally devouring whatever their feelings are. I just hit the fuck out of the microphone. But yeah, <laughs> yeah I know it's, it's it's an incredible kind of high, like being on stage. And I feel like if you're not a person that thrives in that environment, you don't really understand, like, the sensation of being in front of a huge group of people and then having that that group of people paying attention to you and sending energy like that way. Like I feel like, like after, after stage performances, when, when I performed on stage, I could just stay up for days. Yeah. Like I could, I feel like it, it would just, it would just, just sustain me for like a fucking week. It was just, it was so crazy. And, you know? and it's insane too, because it develops this hunger in you for it. Uh, you know, that, that like you want more of that. I, I, I'm seeking that rush. I'm seeking that high as if I'm frenzy feeding for it, you know, like, and it feeds into that metaphor of the vampire and what we constant, what we think of as a vampire, the, the bloodlust, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's just an appropriate comparison, but go ahead. I'm, I'm hijacking shit. Oh, no, no, you weren't, you weren't hijacking anything, man. Like I, I was just, yeah, I, uh, I was just just thinking about like like the way that interacting on on stage was was uh, was kind of like I don't know in, engaging in in that sort of emotional in, emotional vampirism to a certain extent and how uh, I feel like a lot of people uh, that 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 I interact with with actors we just, we always end up like chasing that fucking high right like like if it's if it, if it's if it's on stage is if it's in front of you know a bunch of people doing public speaking stuff or like like even just you know just just getting your, sh your shit watched on youtube like you 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 try to follow that that energy you try to you you kind of try to try to chase it. and i think that uh coming out of quarantine it's it's really hard because we to a certain extent if, if unless you were like a like an instagram influencer during quarantine or if you did a shitload of tiktoks or something you just didn't you just didn't have that same interaction with the with with the world so they're just people and i mean as people slowly come out of quarantine you see like these people just kind of like rushing out and just sort of like like wanting to just to just be around people just just sort of like like drinking that that interaction uh and uh i can't say that i'm not guilty of that like i really just want to just run out and 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 i just i've had so many so much desire to sit down and have like like a shitty conversation with someone 
like I just or just just some kind of conversation, some kind of interaction uh, with people. I think that to a certain extent, also like with psychic vampires, like they don't care what kind of energy they get from you, right? Like that's kind of part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be like total total negative energy, and I, I mean, I've I've had experience with people that that exist in sort of that space where they do not give a fuck like how you react to them, so long as you react to them, right? Yeah. I, I guess it's strange because to me, in my mind, uh, you know, I always think of a psychic vampire as the person that relishes, you know, it, you know, you sort of paint them as these dark figures that relish in the absorption of your energy that I think of like a, a guy in a fedora hat sitting in a corner. <laughs> it's like you my fucking you. fedora hat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, or he's got like a kettlebell and a slight <laughs> Filipino accent. No. Uh, or, or I think about, you know, the female that need that wants that attention and manipulates you for it or something like that. Um, but I've never really thought or, or pondered about the fact that we all, have the tendency to to need energy from someone else even if you're in a romantic relationship you want to feed you want to feed like like a plant you're reaching to the sunlight of their vibe you know and and that's how you make a connection that's how you regenerate yourself that's how you feel better about yourself um it's all this exchange of energy and and that's interesting to think of it more of as as opposed to a, a boogeyman a, a tendency that we all have yeah it's just i mean i think a, a way that we recharge and i think that again being aware of how you recharge when you interact with people is like super important um i don't know i feel like a lot of times like i'm the person that like because it's not necessarily the person that just listens in the conversation right it's like that it's like that individual that'll go in and then you'll describe like something good that's happened to you. And then they will describe like the same thing, but like a little bit better than your experience. The one <laughs> so, up like, it, yeah. like, slowly make you pissed off or like the people who are just like, you know, I'm not about drama, but I always seem to find myself in fucking dramatic situations uh, where the world are like, they're like sort of the weird eye of the storm and the world's always just fucking uh, exploding around them. Um, and and I guess like and and yeah, those people who are just when you're when you're done with the I guess like the conversation, um, you just kind of you just kind of like walk away and you just want to you just want to take a, a a nap or something. I wanted to give like some kind of like practical advice too. Like this is how you defend, uh, you know, in 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 a cult way against psychic vampires. But like really, the shit is just like set fucking boundaries, right? Like, just, just, just be and, like, and you can do that with salt. You can do that. With <laughs> you do that with iron nails. That's good. Or like a baseball bat covered with scripture like however you want to set those boundaries dust is always great or just slight talking to i also feel like do you feel the person that negs you is the psychic vampire oh fuck yeah because they're trying to get a rise they're trying to like get you to sort of sort of create this like desire for them desire for that like approval from them and there's like a weird power dynamic i feel like a lot of a lot of people that that do that thing like what does it call like the fucking game it was started yeah. by like mystery and those folks like way, yeah. way, way back. I wish they had normal names, right? Like it's like weird magician. Names. <laughs> like, uh, but, but um, yeah, like negging people or, or any, uh, that sort of like contrived social interaction where you're, where you're trying to manipulate how the person sees you so that you can kind of feed off of that attention and energy for your own ends. And that was another thing I sort of came across was that this idea that, that people who are like, who engage in psychic vampirism, 
they can be very they can be very charismatic sometimes. Yeah, and I think a lot of times, you know, in that fold, uh, the person that negs they want the conversation to they want to control it. They want to be mani- manipulative of it, so it has to flow through them. So those are almost like the psychic Draculas to me. The person that if you're going to tell them something good has happened to you know, hey man, I got this and this and this happened, and they're like, well, that's probably going to fall apart. You know, if I were you then that person tries to take control. They are manipulating the energy as if they were fucking Ermac or Bishop from X-Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but, but what it brings to mind is that there are so many different variations of what psychic vampirism or energy parasite or vibe xenomorph or whatever the fuck we want to call this uh, is, you know? It's not just one thing. Yeah, yeah, it, it is it's multiple different ways that I mean, you know, people, 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 interact with with you in, in in their lives i also i also looked up because i was just looking up like vampires because i wanted something like other like else that was interesting to talk about uh where we're like i guess like the aswang in uh in in like the philippines and stuff like that like like those actual like mythical vampires uh and i came across this like weird story where they were utilized in like psychic warfare against like revolutionaries in the philippines what yeah, so apparently there's this uh, the CIA director. Well, not just CIA director. That's that's really high up. There is this guy in the in in one of the intelligence communities uh, who was who was working uh, in the Philippines against this particular group of uh, of rebels uh, called the uh, called the uh, called the uh, the Hucks. Uh, I feel like the like their their like their full title was the 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 Hukbala, uh, Ahap. I think I'm saying that right. I really wish my my I was up on my fucking Tagalog. But anyways, so this uh, this this group of people were uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of rebels uh, that that were veterans from uh, from like World War Two against the Japanese. They fought the fucking Japanese uh, and they, you know, after after like this, they got, that war ended, um, they attempted to influence, you know, the politics of the Philippines uh, and to some certain certain groups didn't like the way they wanted to, I guess, like that group influence. So because a lot of these uh, particular, these, uh, these individuals were in like real, like really rural areas and were very superstitious. Uh, this individual, uh, e- uh, Edward Lansdale, who I think was like a major in the air force. He knew about uh, this, this sort of the mythology of the Aswang. And he used that against the Filipino, Filipino people, people by, by like taking like, like the bodies of these rebels, uh, and then you know after they're dead or whatever, like poking them with animal like like holes in like their necks in different places of their body. And another thing that he would do is they would capture a rebel and they they would like poke holes in his neck and hang him upside down and bleed him out and then leave his body for people to find, so that they would believe that these areas where these these rebels lived were were actually like haunted by by ghosts and and, and monsters and and things like that. Uh, and he also did this thing where he painted I don't know what the the, the symbol looks like, but the eye of God uh, on on houses so they would like watch uh, they they would watch I guess like the houses of people that were like I guess like supposed um, supporters for this re- rebellion fact rebellious faction in the Philippines. And I just think that's just like. That's crazy, like utilizing this 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 concept of a vampire and then like kidnapping people, like I guess like to terrify them by like by bleeding them out. It's just it was just it was just a wild, wild story. That's um, fucking insane. It's also like um, I think the eye of God might be the same as the eye of Providence symbol, um, which is the triangle pyramid on that we have on our dollar bills and shit like that. Uh, at least that's what a, a precursory Google search shows me. Um, 
But that also reminds me of this other story that happened in uh, Medicina, California, where, uh, you know, up in that part of Northern California, there's a lot of pot farms. There always have been. And they're controlled by rival gangs. Uh, the Hells Angels has a bunch of pot farms. A bunch of hippies have pot farms, that sort of thing. But in the early 90s, there was this fear that migrant workers were coming in to take control um, of the pot farms for the cartels, right? Um, so mm-hmm. apparently some local dealers and local growers knew that the migrant workers coming from Mexico were superstitious. So they started feeding them stories about the Sasquatches. And the Sasquatches locally didn't like people um, impending on their land. So... Uh, to drive the point home, they picked three random migrant workers. They used tractors, axes, uh, uh, what are they fucking called? Saws, um, chainsaws, all sorts of stuff. And they killed and dismembered the three men, strung their body parts throughout the woods, and then put Bigfoot tracks all throughout the woods. And they'd spread the word to all the other migrant workers that the Sasquatches were killing uh farmers um that's bananas oh my goodness that's so crazy yeah a documentary just came out about it on hulu called sasquatch and and okay that's the story it's about but it's um but yeah but it's using that same sort of hey you are superstitious you believe this mythos even if you're not born with it because there's no fucking sasquatch in mexico um but we're going to manipulate you with this and put you into a constant state of fear um, which is just, you know, it's also similar to the idea of what satanic panic did for people. It gave them a reason to sort of buckle down because people were feeding this information to them that there were devil worshippers around every corner. And those stories were so ridiculous. Like they would get these stories from like little kids where like they were in it's like kindergarten or like a really early grade, and they would be like, Yeah, my teacher took me to the bathroom. And in the bathroom, they flushed the toilet and the toilet like moved to the side. And then I went down into this tunnel and this tunnel took me all the way. And they would be like full on grown as fuck adults who are like, yeah, we have the money for the infrastructure to make that happen in schools. <laughs> like We for sure have that. We like they they got the cash somewhere and they just built all this shit underneath this fucking school for all these Satan worships worshipers to be. And like it's just it's just ridiculous. And one of the big focuses for the satanic pack were fucking role playing games and fucking D and D. Like I guess like, like it's across the and horror movies. You know, it, it's just you had to have a target. I, I'm watching. A Netflix show right now, Sons of Sam, which postulates that David Berkowitz didn't act alone, right? And and it's pointing the fingers at other people and other people that might be involved in the murder, but it has a huge element of that satanic panic talking about what I think they're going to eventually settle on as being the hand, which was the cult that Henry Lee Lucas said he was a part of as well. Um, But right now they're calling them the children, and it's a good fucking story. There's no evidence for it. But it's a really good fucking story. <laughs> they probably all fucking pretend, but it is a good narrative, and that's yeah. what we love. Because yeah. we as people, we fucking love good narratives, man. I feel like I feel like maybe this this episode really isn't about psychic vampires so much as it's about like psychic manipulation and the way that I guess like people I guess like can be I guess like like pushed uh, in directions by uh, by by their fear and that in the way that I guess I guess like 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 people sort of see our fears uh and also see the things that, that make us angry see the things that that i guess like make us love or make us want to chase them and the way that people like poke those things and uh, and make us want to fucking follow them um uh, because I, I certainly i certainly feel like like that that, that that like that happens all the time and 100%. Uh, 
And I think that I think to a certain extent, like I guess like the magic that kind of occurs there ends up being sort of like sublimated because it's just so normal. Right. Like, uh, I mean, energy isn't really like it's it, like when people talk about energy. I mean, that that could just be like a fucking chemical thing that just happens in your brain where you're you're happy and sad. But if it's happening in like another person's brain, how is the other person feeding off of it? You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. how does that how does that fucking transfer happen? They just see you like make a sad face. and They're like, fuck, yeah, I did that. I, I think it's like this, you know, I think on one level, it's the same thing that happens within the the fetish world where you have, you know, the sexual fetish world, not the occult fetish world, where, where you have these pseudo doms that just want to prove their dominance by being able to make you feel a different way. I just want to point out that David just took a giant swig of moonshine from a mason <laughs> jar. Uh, but <laughs> I like to, I just like to get hot before the show, like, yeah. like during the show a little bit. <laughs> um, but but like you know th- that that pseudo dom person that wants to show how dominant they are by making you cry, like that's a thing that happens. But I also think there's like this psychic conversation that we're not having about that we're not having about the psychological in the psychological impact and the psychological reasoning so if if a person negs you oftentimes the psychological impact that they want to have happen is they want you to feel inferior to them right they want to change what that dynamic is but what's the psychological impetus for them doing that is it because they don't have enough self-esteem is it because they're they're fighting something themselves is it because they truly feel they are superior and they have to assert that in every conversation I, and I, I guess to me that's the part that makes me uh, it's easier to attribute it to psychology to me than it is to the occult if that makes sense but I think to like I I think to a certain extent like the the the, pe- the people that utilize like nags and that kind of like psychological manipulation like their end goal is to like normally to bang right like there's yeah. like there's like an end goal and there's this there's this idea that like you know you I guess like you I guess like you weaken the thing that's going to be your meal as a quick aside like like yeah those pseudo doms like like we respect the BDSM community we know that I guess like they're, they're like it is a place of like consent uh, and that there are good doms out there that want to I guess like challenge their subs. But then also like bring them to a place where they're happy and fulfilled and all those things. We're not yeah. talking about those guys. We're no. talking about the fucking those fucking fake doms that don't With talk fedoras. about injuries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why are we mal- maligning the fucking fedora, man? Uh, but anyways, like uh, the Indiana Jones and Freddy Krueger can have them. <laughs> those are those fucking fake doms that uh, that they'd go and they just kind of like they they kind of they they find people and instead of instead of like acknowledging you know consent instead of acknowledging uh, boundaries. And the like, like everyone's various, like I like, like kink lists. They just kind of go like, "Oh, all right, well, I'm just gonna call you baby girl," and we haven't had like a fucking conversation about whether or not that's okay in our fucking relationship, like, it, like whether or not interaction, like that's that that's fine. And they just, you know, they just sort of like they use this title to be fucking bullies to other people. Yeah. Um, and that services them in the same way it would service the fucking psychic vampires. It makes them feel like, like I guess like it like big, they get these, like these like shitty reputations um, that they think like mean things, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah man. But, 
but yeah, I know that's like, I, but I think that there's, there's, I mean, especially in like, in like the Hink Dom scene, there is just a lot of like this, this, this energy exchange. And, and, and I think that when it's, when it, when it's healthy, when it's good, when it's consensual and everyone knows where it is, like that energy can, like, it's like that energy exchange can be very uh, like, like affirming. Uh, and just like, just like in, when you're in a good relationship and when you've got good friends, uh, those people are like, like giving you energy and you're receiving, uh, it's like, a, well, you're, you're giving them energy and you're receiving good energy in return. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's something that, that doesn't really have like a goal in mind. Like no one's, no one's really trying to like, like push you into a scenario where they want you to do something or, or like, or get you to like fuck them or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I think that that's, you know, an ideal time. <laughs> like that's, that's what a game night should be. That's what a date should be is that exchange of energy that just keeps building each other up and is never taking away from the other person for the benefit of another. But, but it's interesting to me that this idea of energy exchange, being able to steal someone's energy, it's an old concept and it, it's mm-hmm. all across the world. I and mean, when we look at the use of chi, we often think of, the idea of like building your own chi and let it flow through your body, but protect Chinese your center, man. You got to protect your center. Yeah, one hundred percent. But Chinese <laughs> mythology has monsters and beasts that steal your chi. Even the Jiangxi, which is a vampire, uh, a Chinese vampire, one of the things they do is they steal your chi. So they steal the energy of your life, um, and it's you know. So I guess in, in some ways they are a psychic vampire, um, but. It's interesting that that seems to be a prevalent theme throughout history and throughout all these different mythos. Yeah, I just think sucky fucking people have existed forever, and like yeah. we don't have we don't have a we were like the only way we've had to like to just sort of to sort of to to, to explain their existence or just sort of like showcase them is to make those uh the, make those shitty fucking people monsters. Um, yeah, because they and are, we, and it's yeah. like they suck so bad. Let's make them suck in our mythos as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's make them let's make them like feast on blood and shit like that, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, man. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, I really enjoyed the psychic vampire kettlebell, uh, fedora bashing, uh, special. It was, it, was, it, was, it was lots of fun. It was lots of fun. I got yeah. to take care. Of it. I uh, I like my kettle. My kettlebell isn't. It's just it's a small kettlebell. It's not very big. It's like well, it's, not, it's not about the size. I'm sure you're. Oh, thanks those. for that. Thanks for that. I love that. Yeah, well, let great. me say I'm pointing it out because I'm. I fuck. I'm gonna air this. I wound up meeting <laughs> up with a girl yesterday morning, uh, and having a wonderful time, and I was unable to get coffee with David. And I told him, like, hey, man, I, I need to pass the fuck out. I'm tired. I'm 35 years old. I can't be doing this. And David's like, man, well, I'm really glad you met up with somebody, but you probably needed the workout, fat ass. And I'm like, what I the fuck? I did, type, I did not type fat ass in there. I was just saying that, like, it was it was good that you had a mutual energy exchange with yeah. uh, with someone that you met and yeah. uh, it's, I, I mean, it's not a bad thing. all over her face. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. But uh, but yeah, man. No, it's uh, it's 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 also it's it's good to work out. Like working out's good. I like to I like to try to work out. Um, you know, I just, I walk a lot. Is that? Oh, we're, we're not. I thought we were still doing euphemism. No, but you really mean work out. Okay, cool. That's great. That was great, man. That's great. <laughs> so, uh, David, where can people find you? Uh, I guess I right now. Uh, I'm I'm just we just we have an OnlyFans. And we should yeah. talk about that uh, through Adgo Games uh, on OnlyFans. I just want to like to remind you that OnlyFans is a uh, is an explicit website, and there's explicit material, but our game stuff is not explicit. 
I mean, we, uh, well, I wouldn't say it's not explicit. It's it's less explicit than other things. You'll I mean, never see our penises on well, our OnlyFans. Never is a harsh problem. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so check out David there. Do you have an Instagram? I know you have a TikTok. What's your TikTok? I don't. I mean, uh, I've got uh, it's DM Grimoire, uh, a TikTok. There really isn't anything on there except for kind of like an inspirational, like, uh, like, like video right now. But hopefully, in the next, the coming months and uh, and weeks ahead, uh, there'll be some more stuff that'll be on there. Awesome, cool. And then uh, make sure to check out more and every podcast here. Uh, we are Razor Colts Books. We have a couple of episodes that you can go check out. And uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode. And I guess uh, suck a dick. No, hey, yeah, just only if you want to. And you're great. And thank you very much for, for stopping by. Suck a dick. God damn it. Raise Occult Books is recorded in Atlanta, Georgia, and produced by Bean Dip Productions. The thoughts, opinions, and actions taken by the host in no way reflect those of Bean Dip Productions. Unless you think they're cool. And then, you know, they totally do.